0: Welcome to the Neighbourhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighbourhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast.
1: Five vital life lessons. Five vital life lessons. And it is based on a phrase in the New International Version that I kind of stumbled upon. And I I spend very little time in the New International Version. I spend very little time reading the New International Version. So the fact that I've stumbled on this I think is timely in terms of the life of our church. And it's the... It's the phrase, make every effort, make every effort. There is this uh, need to us in areas to be very diligent to be making every effort to pursuing with all of our hearts uh, everything that God would have us to be doing. So I stumbled on this phrase and I began to look at it and. And I've discovered five vital life decisions we need to make, things we really need to be making every effort to be applying to our lives. So uh, I'm thinking of course, like many of you about uh, the, the COVID uh, virus and I ran across a quote from CS Lewis from 72 years ago And I took out, because all of the world was concerned about the atomic bomb, I took the atomic bomb out of there and substituted it with COVID-19. How are we to live in a COVID-19 age? Lewis says, I'm tempted to reply. Why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in the Viking Age when raiders from Scandinavia Those terrible Scandinavians. Uh, In the Viking Age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat at night, or indeed as you're already living in an age of cancer, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. He says, as fear was permeating the world in the late 40s, this is this is this is how you're supposed to live. I, I've got some suggestions for you. This is what you need to be doing. And some of us act as if, man, we're we're the only people. We're the only people in all of the world's history who've gone through anything like this. What we're going through has happened over and over and over again. And we can learn from history. We can learn from. Uh, studying history, but we can especially learn from God's Word how we live, the vital decisions we need to make to to live well uh, in challenging times. So what I'm going to do this morning is share the two of five vital life lessons, and I'm going to make it really hard on our PowerPoint team this morning, because I'm going to start with point two, and then I'm going to come back and do point one. So point two and then come back and do point one. So we have some vital life decisions to make. The first one is to live with integrity and purity. I'm gonna come back and talk about that. And the second one is to rest properly and sufficiently. Now I've said this series is based on Uh, that phrase from the New International Version, make every effort. Listen to this. uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, from the New International Version. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters into God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort. There's that phrase. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. So we need to make every effort. We need to be diligent about entering into rest. That needs to be important to us. We need to be serious about making sure we are getting enough rest. And what does the end of this verse tell us is happening if we're not being serious about entering into rest? Number one, we're being disobedient. Don't proud yourself on being a workaholic. You're being disobedient. And secondly, your disobedience, and history is full, of, full of stories, uh, your disobedience can lead to your falling because you're exhausted. And you're not sharp. So you have to make every effort to uh, make sure you're getting proper and sufficient Rest. Jesus had this to say in Mark chapter uh, 2, Mark chapter 2, and verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Some of us think, oh, that mean God makes us slow down and just honor him. What a mean God, why is he so self-centered? He didn't make the Sabbath uh, for himself. He made the Sabbath for you. So you can get some rest. You need rest. And we need to make every effort to enter into that rest. And that rest uh, applies, I think, to four specific areas of living. Uh, Three specific areas of living, sorry. The first one is physical rest. We need to be getting physical rest. article I read this week, uh, updated even this past week, 10 dangerous side effects of not getting enough sleep. One of the lack of sleep effects is that it increases the risk of developing several chronic diseases. It is estimated that 90% of people who suffer from insomnia also suffer from another chronic health condition, which can be life-threatening. Some of the most common diseases which increase with a lack of sleep include diabetes, stroke, heart disease, heart failure, heart attack, irregular heartbeat, high blood pressure. Sleep is important. Rest is important. Rest keeps us healthy. And we need to, this is a vital life decision. We need to make the decision to make sure we're getting enough rest. So there's some practical applications here. Uh, First practical application in taking rest seriously is get into a regular rhythm. Studies indicate that the people who sleep best go to bed at the same time every evening, and they get up at approximately the same time every morning. This isn't a guessing game. Oh, I wonder what time I'll go to bed today. I'll get up late if I feel like it. I not really. You know, the only time of the day I. normally feel a little discouraged is about those first three or four minutes before I get out of bed, because I think about everything that needs to be done. Get up a bed and get, get out of bed and get moving. You'll feel better right away. Have a regular rhythm of rest. Know when you go to bed, know when you're going to get up. Secondly, uh, Wind down 90 minutes before you go to bed. You are not going to rest well if you're going through your day at 100 miles an hour and you stay at 100 miles an hour and then you go to bed and think you can go to zero from 100 to zero in uh, six seconds. You need to take a period at the end of the day where you're slowing down. Your body's slowing down. Your mind is slowing down. You need to take time to wind down before you go to bed if you're going to rest well. Uh, Thirdly, avoid things that work you up before you go to bed. One of the worst things for me to do is to check my emails before I go to sleep. That's a good way to rob a good half hour of rest. Pastor John. I want to see you tomorrow morning because. Now that's not gonna keep me up all night, but it's gonna rob me of some good rest at the beginning. Know the things that can wind you up and don't do them before you're falling asleep. Uh, The news puts me to sleep. I watch the news every night, it's part of my winding down Somehow I can sleep better when I know the mess the world is in just helps me sleep My wife Can't watch the news because the world's a mess and she tosses and turns and feels some responsibility to fix it So she doesn't watch the news because it keeps her up. I watch the news because it helps me sleep know the things that help you Uh, rest, know the things that work you up and avoid them for that last hour and a half at the end of your day. Uh, And lastly, and this is one of my life axioms, lastly, uh, never go to bed the same day you have to get up. I believe that with all of my heart. If you want to live a rested life, Never go to bed the same day you have to get up. Just don't do that. Stop that. We have to make every effort uh, to live and move in the rest that God has designed for us to live in. So we have a responsibility to make sure we are, are physically rested. Next slide. We need to understand that we need psychological, uh, psychological rest. Same article I read about physical rest says a lack of sleep significantly uh, increases symptoms of depression. In a 2005 poll, people who suffered from anxiety or depression were asked to calculate their sleeping habits. Uh, when they calculated their sleeping habits, it was related that most of these patients sleep less than six hours on the average night. Insomnia is frequently linked to depression, with one frequently leading to the others. Symptoms of depression can also impact a patient's ability to sleep, so it just keeps feeding each other. Uh, rest matters and Uh, matters a great deal in your psychological and mental health. Some of us need to learn to turn our phones off for about 12 hours a day. We have battles like we have never seen before from my reading and understanding and pastoral relationships with mental health. I'm also aware that 90% of 17-year-olds own a phone and a huge chunk of them admit to being on it at 2 and 3 and 4 in the morning. You can't be healthy mentally and psychologically if you're not shutting things down. You need to... (laughs) Arrange psychological rest. Let me go back to that point about knowing things that work you up. We need to understand the effect of music in our lives. Some music is designed <laughs> to bring your soul to a place of peace and settledness. And some music is designed to pump you up. Smart people don't listen to music that pumps them up before they're going to sleep. Some people from India studied uh, the effect of music on plants and they grew plants and they played them different kind of music. And the music that I would describe as soft and peaceful and settling the plants grew towards, they grew towards the music, they were attracted to the music. And the heavier, louder, more beats per minute music, you know what the plants did? They grew in the opposite direction, grew away from it. Some plants are smarter than some people. Know the things that affect your psychological health. You have a responsibility. You make every effort here, friends. You be diligent in this area to get psychological rest. And you make every effort, thirdly, uh, to get spiritual rest. And, and by that, I, I refer to, to two things. First of all, one of the life habits that God has built into me that I am grateful he has just given me wisdom in, is I don't approach my day until my soul is at rest. I just get out and I get with Jesus and I stay with Jesus until my soul is settled. Learn to live and walk in a spiritual rest. Um, but it's, uh, it's even more than that. You need to understand that the work of Jesus Christ has been completed on your behalf. And you need to rest in that and stop striving in that and stop thinking, oh, I just got to work harder, I got to do more, I got to get better at this, I got to get better, 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 got to do more, 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 more. And somehow if you work better, 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 more, 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 Jesus will be more pleased with you. You need to rest. You need to rest in the completed work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. And here's the tension. Truth is always held at tension. You have to make every effort to land in that rest. And that seems like a contradiction, but that's what you have to do. So the first vital life decision for all of us is to enter into uh, sufficient and proper rest. And that's a physical rest, a psychological rest, and a spiritual rest. And uh, the first vital decision, now that we've talked about the second one, is to live with integrity and purity. The Christian worldview is completely different than those who are outside of Christ. I don't know if any of us have ever lived in a time where there's such widespread fear. Fear has taken control of the atmosphere. People are thinking fearful thoughts and there's this fear of the coronavirus and it exploding and spreading in in our communities and in our cities, and this fear of death. Friends, I think this is a tremendous opportunity for the light of the church, the light of believers to shine. I think we have a tremendous opportunity here because we're not going to buy into the currency of the devil, which is always fear. We're going to rest and make every effort to diligently rest in Christ and put our faith in him. And here's one of the reasons we can, we can do that. It's because our worldview is completely different. Let me read to you a portion of scripture and then I will talk about that. 2 Peter 3 and verse 14. And uh, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Looking forward to what? Well, we're supposed to make every effort to be found spotless and blameless. <laughs> Live with integrity and purity. Make every effort to do that. What's the context of that? We're looking forward to what? We're looking forward back to, I think it's verse number 11, the returning, the coming of the Lord Jesus. I'm not speaking as a prophet now, I'm not trying to be prophetic. I'm not trying to say that Jesus is coming back this afternoon, but I have often thought about how does this world end up in a situation or a circumstance where one man can stand up and say, I'm taking control of everything, follow me. Uh, You're going to shop now, I'm going to give you a special number, it'll be on your wrist, or on your forehead. I'm in control. How, How could a world get in a situation where one man can stand up and do that? You just magnify what's happening in the world right now a little bit more, and the world will run to that kind of person. We've got economic, the threat of serious economic challenges, We've got uh, the threat of plagues and pestilences, which Jesus says is a sign of the return of Christ. And people are fearful. We're in my judgment, in the season in which the Lord is going to return. And we need to make every effort here your salvation is complete in Christ. You don't need to work on it. But because your salvation is complete in Christ, you need to make every effort to live in such a way that is spotless, and, and, and we're walking in purity, and we're walking in, in integrity. So, this uh, virus that's Uh, has capacity to spread quickly, is uh, being talked about on the news every night. And as a result of that, we are practicing Mm -hmm. a thing called social distancing. I've been told different distances what that is, but uh, we're supposed to keep our distance, stay away from each other. Why? Because this virus, we might catch this virus, we might spread this virus, and some people will get the virus and it will kill them. So we need to practice social distancing. I, I get that, I understand that. But the Christian worldview understands (laughs) that it's not the COVID-19 virus that's going to kill us, and it's not a nuclear bomb that's going to kill us. Sin kills us. And every one of us is under that appointment, and every one of the people we love is under that appointment. the problem in society right now, friends, is not the COVID-19 virus. The problem is sin. Because in the end run, it's sin that kills us. And here's how messed up the world is, but I fear the church is too. We practice social distancing. From a virus, but we're still comfortable flirting with sin. Sin is what destroys us. We need to understand that. We need to make a commitment. This is a vital life decision to live a life of integrity and purity. I was driving down Spadina about a week and a half ago, might be two weeks, and I'm broken. And I'm crying out to God as I'm driving down Spadina. Father, I hate sin. I hate sin. I hate sin. I hate, sin. I hate the pain it's brought into my own life. The sinful choices and decisions I've made. I hate the pain that sin has brought into my own family. I hate the pain that I've seen over and over again in multiple stories from the people I have the privilege of serving and pastoring where they've allowed sin to get dominion in their lives and the ache and the pain and the destruction and the turmoil and the death it causes And yet, we still flirt with it. We still fiddle around with it. We still play footsies with it, and we think nothing of it. But the virus! (laughs) It's sin that kills us. It's sin that kills us. And we need to, not so we can be saved, Jesus has done that work. But because he's done that work and he wants our life to be full and he wants our life to be meaningful, we need to make every effort to pursue holiness and sanctification and purity and integrity. This is a vital life decision. This is a vital life decision. So we make two vital life decisions. Next week we'll talk about three more of them. Worship band, come along and get ready to help us. We make two vital life decisions. We we make the decision to live a life with integrity and purity. And we make the decision to pursue adequate and sufficient rest. Why do we do that? Because as a church, we want to be a people who are known in this community for loving God deeply. And these things matter. And rest matters in this area. If Donna was here and she's helping wind up the worship in Martinsville today. If I was asking her to come up here, and uh, by the way, she loves this concept of social distancing. Um, She's making me practice it. She thinks it's God sent. But if, if, I, if I brought her up here and asked her to affirm this statement, I think she would affirm it, that John's a pretty nice guy. I think she'd say that to you. hope she would. I'm not going to let her up here to find out, but... (laughs) But if she's honest, she would also say, but he does have his moments. And the reality is those moments are always rooted, almost always rooted, in tiredness and stress. And then Jesus doesn't come out. Something ugly in me comes out. If we're going to live a life of purity and holiness, rest really matters. We need to tie the two together in our thinking. So what do we do? What do we do in the age of the COVID-19 virus. We play guitar music as we should. What do we do? Well, we don't make our decisions and may choose our responses on the basis of what's happening around us. we make our decision on some vital basis, on some vital life decisions we've made, some principles that are sown deeply into our hearts. And I would suggest to you, the church, we've got an opportunity here (laughs) to let our light shine. Because as we walk through a period where the world is upset, and the world is living in fear. We will let our faith sustain us, and we will keep on worshiping, and we will keep on praying, and we'll keep on reading the Word of God, and we'll keep on reading other good stuff, and we'll keep on taking our kids, and we'll hold them close, and we'll love our kids. And when it gets a little bit warmer, we're gonna go out and play a few rounds of golf once in a while, and every once in a while, we're gonna say, family, hop in the car, we're going to Dairy Queen for a banana split. We're gonna keep on living. We're gonna keep on living because we see life different. And we see the world different. Inviting you to stand got your connect card maybe you're here today and you're a guest and maybe uh maybe what i've talked about this morning is a little bit new to you and you've never really thought about what jesus wants to do in your life and what he can do in your life and you'd like information about that please check your card off and put it in the offering when we receive it a little later we'll talk to you we'll help you on that journey the most important decision you make in your life is what you're going to do with jesus we encourage you to think about that you're standing now and that's good but we we need to celebrate a little bit pastor murdoch just uh come on up here we need you to get right on the platform so make the big step here or go around to the side whatever works best, but we want everybody to be able to see you real good on live stream, so we're praying this year for 100 people, 100 people, through the influence of individuals in this church and the ministry of this church, to come to Christ. You've got some exciting things to tell us. I want you to tell us quickly about what happened Tuesday night. And then we had Holy Spirit weekend this weekend with Alpha. Both of these are Alpha connected. Tell us what God did this week. It's exciting.
2: On Tuesday night, a young mother who had been invited by her boss to come to Alpha and brought her to Alpha, gave her life to the Lord. She was saved out of a Buddhist background. Did, did,
1: did you catch that, friend? Saved out of a Buddhist background. Saved out of a Buddhist background. To God, give the Lord a big hand here. Give the Lord a big hand. We rejoice, Lord. We
2: rejoice.
1: We rejoice. Hallelujah.
2: And then yesterday, as we gathered for the uh, teaching on the Holy Spirit, during the ministry time that followed, a man who was invited and brought by his sister, gave his life to the Lord and during that time of ministry, we saw people uh, overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. One lady went down under the power of the Holy Spirit. Another lady was delivered from an evil, harassing spirit that had troubled her for a long time. Others were searching for the reality of God and his revelation through scripture. And a number of people came forward for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And there were many tears that flowed as we prayed for people. And among those were a husband and wife who had come separately and then together with their two little girls. I have to say to you, God is at work and he is good.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord's at work. We rejoice in what he's doing. We're going to take time now to just let the Holy Spirit speak to us and respond to uh, what the Holy Spirit may have said to you through this message. The word of God isn't something we're meant to hear. We need to hear it. But the Word of God is meant to be something we do. Allow the Holy Spirit to instruct you on maybe some vital life decisions you need to make in either of these areas as we worship together, please.
0: We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.